If you have your Bibles, if you'll turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1, as we bring to a conclusion our five-week series on the pillars of the faith together this morning. It was Albert Einstein, he said a lot of incredible stuff, pretty smart dude. Uh, he said this, the definition of genius is taking the complex and making it simple. Pretty good, right? The definition of genius is taking the complex and making it simple. For some of you, maybe you want something beyond Albert Einstein. Let me talk to you about Curly, the trail boss in the movie City Slickers. And it wasn't around recently. It's an older movie. But I remember that Curly was going to sum up all of life. He boiled life down to just one thing. Uh, one thing. Life is all about one thing. Well, in the complexity of our lives, how do we do that? In the complexity of all that's going on in here and out there, isn't it interesting that according to the Bible, there really is one overarching thing. There's one thing that we should always be living for. There's one thing that it all boils down to, this one thing. Uh, Curly thought that you have to find it yourself, but no, we find it in God. And God, according to God, that one thing is, yes, perfect answer, God's glory. The one thing is living for God's glory. This is true for all of us. God has created us in his image to know and love him. God has created us with a purpose is to live for his glory. This is true for us. The one thing is the glory of God. Now watch this. You maybe never thought of this, but this is also true for God. True for us, true for God. His glory being preeminent over all things for God's glory. We exist to live for God's glory. The Westminster Confession of Faith, uh, this wonderful piece of theology uh, that came to the church in the 1600s, uh, as through catechisms will ask the question, what is the primary purpose of humankind? What is man's chief end? Why are we here? And the answer is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Our beloved Reformed Baptist pastor in the Minnesota area, uh, John Piper, looked at that and said it may be a little tweak, um, and a guy like him could tweak things like that. He says it is to glorify God while enjoying Him forever. That that is the reason why we live, our primary purpose why we live is to glorify God and to, and to enjoy Him. But God exists. Now watch this. God exists to display His glory. If we are, exist to live for His glory, God is, exists to display His glory. Why did God create all things? God's creation displays His glory. He displays His glory in creation. He created all things. Why? To fill the earth with His glory. That's why He did it. That's why He spoke into existence creation so it would be like his trophy case so it would be like something that says wow look at the beauty and glory of god listen to psalm 72 19 blessed be his glorious name forever may the whole earth be filled with his glory amen and amen hit pause always been god's plan always been god's plan to fill the earth with his glory mystery he chooses us to fill the earth with his glory for living for him and multiplying. 
But that's always been God's plan. And also, by the way, God's plan will succeed. No matter what you think's happening today, bad stuff. No matter how bad you think we're off track, it's bad out there and in here. The good news is God is in control, and God's plan will succeed, and the earth will be filled with his glory. We've got to do our part now. So God creates to display his glory, but also what's called recreation or redemption. God saves, God rescues sinners like us. Why? Yes, so we can be his. Yes, so we can be forgiven. Yes, so we can be loved and free. But why does God ultimately rescue us? Ready for this? It's for his glory. It's for the praise of his glorious grace. God is going to do all things to bring himself glory. Now, if we did that personally, I live, and sadly I do this oftentimes, to bring Jeff glory. That's idolatry. That's selfish. But God actually, if God lived for our glory, if God lived for another reason other than his glory, God himself is an idolater. And God can't. He's created everything to display his glory. He redeems us and saves us for the praise of his glorious grace. Scripture tells us that our God, our loving, good, eternal God, that our God uh, is a jealous God. And you have no idea how hard it is to preach right now because I could see my granddaughter's face in that little window and she is the cutest little thing that you've ever seen in your entire world. And so you come up here and do that. All right, let me get back on track, all right? This is being interrupted by my own thoughts. This is what happens when you're ADD, right? So, but God's jealous for his glory, and he should be. Isaiah 48, 11 says this, For my own sake, for my own sake, I do it. For how should my name be profaned? Listen to this. God says, My glory I will not share, I will not give to another. Paul summarizes this in the end of Romans chapter 11. He says this, For from him... And through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. So this morning as we conclude our sermon series, The Pillars of the Faith, we will see how God graciously saves us through his grace and faith in Christ Jesus. And it's all for his glory. It's all for the praise of his glorious grace. Let's do a little bit of quick backtracking. We've looked at the pillars of faith. This is the good news that came out of the Reformation that tells us how are we right with God. The good news of the gospel of what Christ has done for us. And we realize that by God's grace alone, we have salvation. That salvation is a gift from God. It's God's idea. It's God's uh, uh, execution. And it's God's application. If you're here and you're rescued, it's all by God's grace. It's by God's grace, but it's through faith alone. Faith is our connection to God. It's not what we do. It's crazy. It's what we believe. What we believe about Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Believing the promises of God. Resting upon them. Believing that Jesus is the Messiah. So it's by God's grace alone. It's through faith alone. It's according to God's word alone. That this is our authority. It's not the, the word of God and the church or it's not the word of God in tradition that our, our authority is, is God's inerrant holy word. And all of this salvation is found in Christ alone. Jesus Christ is the object of our faith. Now watch this. It's very important. A lot of people say, I'm saved by faith. Well, there's truth to that. But you and I are only saved because of Jesus. Because he lived a righteous life. He died in atoning death. He was resurrected to conquer death. 
and we live because he lives. He is the, he is the object of our faith. He is, we are saved by his blood and righteousness, right? And so that, that is the object of our faith. He is our identity. He is our hope. Our life is found in him. And why, uh, according to God's word alone, this will tell us the authority, uh, but it's all for the glory of God alone. We are to do all things to him, for him, uh, all alone, to make him known, to make him loved, for the glory of our great God. Again, everything that God does is for his glory. I know it's probably a new concept for some, but everything that God does is for his glory and renown. He's created everything to display his glory. Isn't it amazing? You know, it's, it's crazy because Scripture will tell us that all of the world has been cursed because of the fall of man. And it will say in Romans 8 something very interesting. It says creation itself is groaning to be set free. It's groaning for that last day that when, when God finally deals away with death and sin and, and everything is made right. Man, creation is groaning? Have you been to the beach and not seen the beauty? Have you, have you been to the mountains and been blown away of God's creation? Did you see the sunset last night? I mean, it was crazy. Robbie and I were here late at night. We were going to get in the shed to get some things. He's like, you need a light. I'm like, God's given us a light, man. Look at that. Look at that sunset. It's amazing. God has created everything to display his glory. And boy, is it glorious. And I hope he gives you the eyes to see. God governs everything. His hand rules and reigns everything for his glory. His kingdom come. God re recreates or makes everything new. Why? For his glory. And it's not that God is an egocentric God. It's, again, God is going to act for what is best, and what is best is God's glory. And we are to do everything else for his glory. Okay, get to the point. Here it is. We're going to look at this incredible passage, and we're going to see in this passage, in summary, it's by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, according to Scripture alone, for the glory of God alone. So we're going to look at Ephesians 1, verses 1 through 14. Now, listen, all of God's word is amazingly glorious. All of God's word is inerrant, and it'll never lead us astray. But Paul is going to write a letter to the church, and this is where he starts. He starts in the deep end. He's going to grab them, and he's going to throw them in the deep end and say, listen to who we are in Christ Jesus. He's going to get the really deep stuff, and then he's going to tell them the implications of how they live in the verses to come. Like, chapters 1 through 3 are all like this incredibly rich theology, and four through six are going to be the implications of that. So if you are new to God's word or you know God's word, the most important thing is about to be done, the reading of God's word. And it is, this is amazing. So as I read this, here's what I want you to try to do by the Holy Spirit's empowering. Listen to what God describes about who he is. Listen to how God describes what Christ has done. And listen to see what, who we are now because of what God has done and how we are to live, to the praise of his glorious grace. This is the deep end, my brothers and sisters. And I'm telling you, this passage of scripture I could preach every week and we would be fed every week. This is incredible stuff. So hear the word of the Lord, Ephesians 1. Uh, I'm going to read verses 1 through 14. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints, those, those are those who are, are made holy in Christ, who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Here we go. 
Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him, in Christ, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved, that's Christ. In him, in Christ, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he has lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time, to unite all things in him, in Christ, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it, to the praise of his glory." The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Oh, Father God, we thank you for the absolute beauty and the majesty of your word that tells us of who we are in Christ Jesus. God, we can't hear these words and not realize there is a God who is sovereign over all things. There is a God who operates according to the counsel of his will alone. And there's a God who has redeemed us for the praise of his glorious grace. Oh God, each of us need to know that one thing, why we're here. Each of us need to have the complex made simple, that the gospel of Jesus Christ is our only hope. God, would you come and speak through a broken sinner like me? Would you give us ears to hear your voice and minds to understand your word and hearts that would embrace your truth? Would you give us feet that would walk in a manner worthy of your name? And God, the things that I say that are true and contain the good news of the gospel, use those things to to set us free, to, to give us hope and peace and to make us more like your son, Jesus. God, the things that I say that are wrong are merely my opinion. May those things fall away and be forgotten quickly. We pray all this in the matchless name of Christ Jesus. Amen. So this little passage of Scripture we're going to see that, again, our salvation is by God's grace alone. In verses 7 and 8, it's going to be according to the riches of his grace. Listen to that. Marinate in that. Love that. What is the good news of the gospel all about? It's according to the riches of his grace. It says this, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace. Now, it's more than that. I can say, listen, the riches of his grace, but let me tell you, in which he's lavished upon us. Is that not a great thing? Riches of grace lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight. 
what we're going to see through Scripture and what we see through this passage, that salvation is all of the Lord. It's His doing. It's in Him we have obtained an inheritance, verse 11. Having been predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will. Do you know what that verse is telling us is? God is sovereign. God is in control. God is the author. God is the initiator. He is the one that we get our salvation from. This is not a partnership where we do a little bit and God does a little bit. This is something that God has accomplished all on his own by his grace. And he applies to us through faith and unites us to Christ Jesus. What do we see? Did you hear the words of this? He talks about his plan. It talks about his purpose. It talks about his will. It talks about his work. Who is the, the center theme of this incredible redemption all about? It's about him. Isn't it amazing? What is the story all about? It's about him. It's his story. How many heroes in there? There's one. There's our God and, and how his son has rescued us. This is the riches of his grace, of how he rescues us. He has lavished grace upon us in wisdom and insight. Now hit pause. This is God. He could lavish he could lavish judgment upon us. He, he could have lavished a lot of things upon us, right? I mean, rightfully so. Holy God has every right to do that. But what does he want to say to sinners like you and me? He says, listen, I love you. And man, do I love you. And I'm going to lavish. I'm not just going to give you sparingly. I'm going to lavish grace upon you. This riches of grace is going to change your life. And I'm going to lavish it upon you in Christ Jesus. Grace alone. Through faith alone. How do, how do we receive this? In verse 13, it says, they believed in him. Let me read 13 again. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit. So here is the beautiful, um, how God's word tells us about salvation. You hear the word of, God, uh, word of truth by God's grace. You hear it. Now let me hit pause. There may be some here today that don't hear it. And that doesn't mean you don't have good working ears. This is a spiritual thing. This is something that God will have to give you the ears to hear. But by God's grace, you hear the word of truth, which is found in the word of God. Uh, you have the gospel of our salvation, the good news of what God has done for us in Christ Jesus. And by God's grace, we believe. Crazy, even faith is a gift from him. But we believe in him. We have faith. It's by grace alone, through faith alone. But it's all found in Christ alone. Verse 3. If you, if you hear any verse, listen to verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. I got to tell you, I'm not even sure what that means. But I know it's great. It's saying that through Christ Jesus, there's now a blessing that comes to us that, that God is going to share with us all the spiritual blessings in the heavenly realms. All of them, all of them are going to come to us one way. Not by your works, not by being religious, not by giving your money, not by just being good. How do the blessings of God come to us? They come to us by God's grace through faith in his son, Christ Jesus. All blessings flow from him. So what does it say about us? What are the blessings we have? Now, this is only in Ephesians 1, 1 through 14. He says this, we are chosen in Christ Jesus. 
it says in verse 4. Before the foundation of the world, God has loved his people with unique love. God has called his people. He's going to call us, and he's going to do it all in Christ Jesus. We can't be chosen apart from Christ, right? The only way we're accepted and beloved is in Christ. The only way we're forgiven and free is in Christ. We can't be a part of the family apart from Christ. So he's going to say, I'm going to call to myself my own. I'm going to do this all through Christ before time began. It'll say in verse 5, we are adopted as sons through Christ. How cool was Charlie's story? I mean, how amazingly riveting was that? I mean, how amazing to have a judge say, he now is legally, as if he was born into your family, he's yours. I mean, that is beautiful. And this is, there's a, uh, a heavenly court where God the Father is going to say, legally, in Christ Jesus, purchased in his blood, we are his. We are adopted sons and daughters of Christ Jesus. Good news? That's what we receive in Christ. In verse 6, it says, we are beloved in Christ. Beloved. I love the baptism of Jesus, where the Father can no longer be silent. He cries out and says, that's my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. I love him. And listen, the favor of the Father that we all long for, because we were created in his image, the favor of the Father is found in the Son. And that we are in Christ Jesus, we find the favor of the Father too. In verse 7, in Christ we are redeemed and forgiven. We've been purchased. We're no longer ourselves, we're his. We've been forgiven because of the blood of the Lamb. In verse 11, we have an inheritance. Our future is guaranteed in Christ Jesus. How's your retirement doing? How's the market treating you? How's your 401k? How are you going to have your future? I don't know. It's probably going like this lately, isn't it? But in Christ Jesus, we have inheritance that no moth can eat away or no robber can steal. It's not going to be based on the market and how that does or who's in the White House. In Christ Jesus, we have an inheritance that is sealed for us. We are sealed with the Holy Spirit in verse 13. So all of these blessings come to us in Christ alone. They're all according to Scripture alone. Verse 13, again, that word of truth. In him you were also, you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him. God's word is the word of truth. It contains the good news of the gospel. Why? Why do you write this? For you to believe. He didn't write this as a textbook for you to argue with Darwin. He didn't write this so you can learn math. He didn't write this so you can just be entertained. He wrote this so you can be transformed and so you can believe in Christ Jesus. And all of these things are for the glory of God alone. I love this. To the praise of his glorious grace in verse 6. To the praise of his glorious grace which he has blessed us in the beloved. And then verses 12 and 14 will say all this is done to the praise of his glory. The one thing that he has done this salvation is so that we can say, God, you are amazing. How you've created everything, mind-blowing. How you have saved a sinner like me, incredible. You would send your son to live a life that I failed to live? You would let your son hang on a cross to pay a debt he didn't owe? You would give him your spirit and raise him for the dead that now that life reigns and death has been defeated. Incredible. To the praise of your glorious grace. You have created all things so that we can know and love you and say, man, you are magnificent. May your glory fill the earth. And you've redeemed us so that our lives will say, to God be the glory. Look what he's done to a broken sinner like me and you. 
May our church be focused on that one thing, for the glory of our great God. And how do we bring him glory? For the good of our neighbor. That's so true. May we just be focused on that reality. May our lives be for the glory of our great God and for the good of our neighbor. Listen, you don't have to be Albert Einstein tomorrow, but he, had, he was on to something. Does your life feel complicated? Is it full of things that are just messing with your head and your gut? Can you make it more simple? Focus on that one thing, the glory of God. You have one thing to focus on tomorrow and the next day, and by the way, today. That one overarching thing, God's glory. Live for God's glory. Now remember, it doesn't mean you're going to, let me not put on you a burden that's not yours. Living for God's glory is this. Be you a sinner in need of Jesus. You don't have to pretend. He knows who you are and he knows how you're gifted. But live for his glory tomorrow, today, and forever. Simplify life to that one thing. He has created you and redeemed you for the praise of his glorious grace. He loves sinners. You're going to fall. You're going to stumble. But his grace is amazing. But focus on that one thing, for the glory of our great God. Listen, the world wants you to lose your focus and be in despair. And many of us already are. I know your plates are full. I know there's a lot of heartache. For the glory of our great God, for the good of our neighbor. Let us pray. Father God, we're just so grateful for who you are and that you exist for your glory. And God, you have created us in your image to exist for your glory. And you've redeemed us through the blood of your son for your glory. And God, we thank you that your glory will fill the earth one day. It has and it will. And we long for that new heaven and new earth. We long for that day where I don't have to have another prayer request about uh, a tragedy of losing a daughter or a tragedy of losing a mom or a tragedy of just a broken life. God, we've all experienced it, and it's so painful. We've experienced it not just out there. We've experienced it in our own lives, in our own hearts. But Jesus, you came to seek and to save the lost, and you rescued us for a reason, for the praise of your glorious grace. To the praise of your glory, may King's Chapel always be a place that lives, serves, and has its very being for the glory of our great God and for the good of our neighbor. Oh God, we may not be as smart as Albert Einstein, but give us the wisdom of God that we would live our lives for one thing, for your glory. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.